Welcome to another Sunday session on NRL.com. Round 15 is done and dusted. Chris Kennedy and Kenny Scott, as always, in the virtual studio. Kenny, thank you for being here. Once again, thanks for having me back. I'm surprised you let me on each week, but here I am. I'm also surprised, but I can't seem to do anything about it. Uh, we're privileged this that. week to have with us uh, Titans lock Jai Arrow as well. Jai, thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. appreciate it. So uh, I guess to kick off, we'll get it um, done and dusted right at the start. Now, your magnificent mullet has been making waves through the rugby league community for some time now. Um, I, for one, am an enormous fan of it. I was quite distressed to hear that it's actually leaving us soon, but uh, apparently there's a good reason for it. Yeah, so um, I've come up with the idea now that I'm, I'm going to um, um, shave the mullet for the, le- the world's greatest shave with the leukemia cancer to raise awareness. So, um, you know, it's my pride and joy at the moment, but it was something that I sort of had to let go and, and it's for a good cause. So um, I've put up a um, link on my socials um, to donate and all donations, you know, are appreciated. Um, but yeah, um, the mullet's coming off on the 21st of September. AJ Brimson will be cutting it. Um, yep. So I might, uh, might get the clippers out with the zero, zero all over. So I'm going to be nice and bald come 21st. What's the what's the best way people can get involved? Just jump on your uh, your Insta or you got a Twitter or Facebook or what's the what's the go? Yeah, the, the, uh, on my Instagram, on my bio, there's a link there. So that'd be the best way to go about it and donate. Um, and then other than that, you can just head to the World's Greatest Shave website and then obviously search my name and then... Um, yeah, you should be able to donate. It's pretty straightforward on the website. So, um, yeah, I, I, but Insta would be much easier, yes. Yeah, straight to the Insta. So, um, as much as I am sad to see it go, uh, who who is going to take over the mantle of, of the greatest mullet in the NRL, do you reckon? Is there anyone still kicking about or recent years that's caught your eye? I was um, I was actually all yesterday seeing Big Papa's mullet. It's um, starting to get there. I know, I think he's doing a... So on his socials, he's doing a thing about growing a mullet where I'm shaving mine off. And then KP's, oh, Callum Ponger, I was watching the footy today. He's got a little bit of one down there, which is um, not, nice to see. Nice to see there's uh, mullets still out there. But um, <laughs> yeah, as I said, mine will be going, but all for a good cause. Is this a Queensland origin connection or just a straight up coincidence? Yeah, well, coincidence. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's actually, you made me think about that now. <laughs> Well, I guess speaking of Queensland origin, obviously you're currently sidelined. How's the injury comeback going? Are we going to see you in Titans colours again this year? And are you sort of going to make a push for that origin team in the postseason? Yeah, so obviously I um, had a grade three AC joint problem. Um, and yeah, I'm I actually got the good news the other day from the surgeon that they don't usually require surgery. It's only for like a, um, I guess, cosmetic sort of look. Um, but I think, you know, if the... Average person didn't want their basically their bones sticking up. Um, they'd go and get it surgically repaired. But um, for footy, I'm going to be you know getting bashed for the for the next you know hopefully five years of my life or eight years, where however long it goes. So um, I may as well just put up with it. But it's just about getting my strength back and um, you know hopefully I can do that sooner rather than later. But I I, I 100% haven't played my um, last game for the Titans, which is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy about that and I'm glad I can get back on out onto the field in hopefully, you know, two or three weeks. Kenny? Hey, uh, the Titans are going through a bit of a, an interesting period now. So they've, they've probably had their fair share of rough seasons, but things really seem to be on this nice little uptick. Things are bubbling along. You've got um, Fafita's um, Pledges Allegiance for next year. You've got uh, Justin, uh, the, the coaches doing some great things. And there's a little bit of talk about Cameron Smith maybe doing a swan song there. You never know. 
Um, what's the what's the vibe like around camp? I think everyone from the outside feels like uh, 2021 is going to be a great year for the Titans. Yeah, 100, percent and I think it will be. Um, you know, obviously I won't be here next year, but there's only good signs for the club. They've made some good signings, and then obviously with Big Davey coming down the M1, I'm sure it'd be great for him. And um, yeah, and look, what I think Justin and, and both Jimmys have done with the side and, and, and our you know our whole our whole head of performance have, have been great. Many um, don't have high expectations. All they want us to do is go, you know, compete every week. Obviously, sorry, they do have high expectations, but just about going out there every week and competing. And I think we've been doing that. We've been and we matched it with the top sides there for the last couple of weeks. We just um, obviously didn't get away with the win and. And there's times where we, um, you know, we play such good footy, but then we can shoot ourselves in the foot and, um, you know, turn over cheap ball and, and then let in cheap tries as well, which doesn't help. But that just, that just, I guess, is you, know, you can you learn um, as as time goes on. And um, yeah, it's great times for the Gold Coast, that's for sure. But um, you know, I, I hope they do really well next year. And uh, but we've obviously got to focus on uh, making sure that we're finishing strong this year and playing some good footy to, you know, for them to roll into next year. You're gonna be sad to see it go. The mullet. No, the Titans. <laughs> the mullet or, or the... <laughs> no, no, of course. And yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I love this club. It's my hometown. I, I've, you know, I grew up here and pretty much my whole life. And um, yeah, it obviously will be sad leaving home, but I just felt like, you know, I needed to get away and, and get out of my comfort zone, if I guess you could say. And, um, you know, it's a big move for me going down to Sydney. It was, wasn't an easy decision if anyone... No, it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make was to, you know, basically leave my home. So, um, no, but obviously really looking forward to it. But I definitely will miss it up here. I've become very close and fond of, you know, a lot of people at that club and you know, consider them my best mates. I go go to training with them every every day and, um, you know, get to get to play footy for a living. So um, obviously we'll miss it up here. But, um, yeah, we've got a big move going on um, next year, but I'm really looking forward to that as well. You touched on sort of the stronger performances recently, and it does feel like you guys have been in most games, you know, for impressive wins but also like take the the camera game on the weekend you know started strong had them under pressure scored first and then obviously just a few things went against you and Jackie White and obviously was in for a big game and then they sort of got a, a bit of a roll on but like you say that for the most part you guys are competing strongly and, and putting pressure on you know pretty much every side yeah 100 percent, and and that's you know that, that should be the case in the NRL I think it's you know one of the toughest competitions in the world you've got you know, 13 men out there, you know, going to battle and, um, you know, no game's easy. That's that's for sure. You know, you're always coming off with bumps and bruises. But, yeah, as you said, we've been competing on everything. We've been competing that tune to, to close games out and find that balance. But, um, you know, we're working towards that and we've got, um, you know, six weeks to, to make a run and play good footy and to... You know, you know, show that we can, we can, um, you know, match up with the top teams, and that's, uh, you know, that's realistically what, as a football player, what you want to do. You want to win. So, um, you know, if we just keep competing and turning up for each other, then I'm sure we'll, um, it'll go a long way for us to winning some games in the next six weeks. You've had some uh, players this year put in some pretty impressive eye-catching performances. The one I really was keen to ask you about is uh, Jamal Fogarty, who's been kicking around in the you know the reserve grade comp and probably looked like he was too good for the reserve grade comp for a fair while. He's got his chance this year and he's just gone from strength to strength and uh, sort of capped off on the weekend, um, obviously with a few players out given the captaincy, which would have been a, a huge moment for him. Oh, 100%. I think Jamal's been great. He's, he's come in, I guess... 
um, sort of foreign to everyone, and he come in sort of later, um, later than when we started. And he's been great. He's been that voice. He's got a voice. He's been that voice that we've needed. He's um, you know, he's carried himself. So what about the bloke? He's um, you know, his training ethics. He's he's off field stuff. He's just you know, he's a great fella and, and a good player as well. He's going from strength to strength, and he's starting. I guess you can. I, I feel like he's starting to you know control games, and um, he's getting better each week. So. Um, I thought he was great yesterday as well. He did everything he could and uh, got ankle tapped there by Big Papa, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I won't hold that against him, getting caught by a front rower. Uh, so, but yeah, Jamal's been great and I think he, he's, um, he's going to be good for, great for that club um, in, in years to come if, you know, if, if they're willing to stick with him, which you know, I think they should do. Should do. You've preempted my next question. I was going to say, Jamal, he's not slow across the turf. And once he got into space, I, I thought it was shut the gate. But Big Papa just stampeding <laughs> after him. Yeah, so did I. I thought he was gone for all money. I was on the sideline, had my hand up in the air going, he's going to score. And <laughs> Big Papa, must be the mullet. The mullet was flowing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, mullet was flowing and he decided to... Um, yeah, ankle tapping. It was actually quite good from Papa. He showed some speed. I didn't think front rows were fast. So surely, surely that's a coffee shout. If you're a halfback getting <laughs> um, caught by a front rower, you're buying the boys at coffee. <laughs> You'll have to hit him up. It, well, the yeah, ground would have been shaking with with Papa stampeding after him. But I mean, on Papa, you'll, you you wouldn't have enjoyed uh, Jamal getting tracked down, but you'll be enjoying having uh, Papa as a teammate in uh, Marone at the end of the year, the way he's been going this season as well. Oh, yeah, look, oh, oh, that's if Kevy picks me. Uh, um, yeah, I've obviously <laughs> played with Papa. I played with Papa, um, you know, the, oh, for the four, four Origin games that I played, and I, he's been in great form. The last couple of years, he's been, you know, one of, if not the best front rower in the comp um, at the moment. And, um, you know, he's pretty handy to line up against, that's for, that's for sure. He's a, a little wrecking ball who, um, you know, he likes to get do the dirty stuff, and he, and he um, you know, he gives his all in every game. So, um yeah, he's a pretty handy player, pups, and um, yeah, he's been going great. And, and he's, um, you know, he'll definitely be there, um, you know, lining up in the Origin Arena. That's for sure. He's been killing it. Kenny, anything Joe before we let Joe go? Just keen to know: Have you got a, a goal, a fundraising goal for for the mullet? What's the what's the um, what's the level you're trying to get to? Yeah, so I put a goal up there. It's at five grand. Um, I've, I've actually in two days work 1300 I've got in there now so um, there's a lot of people jumping on board I didn't know how it was going to go actually so but um, everyone seemed to you know, put their hands in their pockets and let the moths out so that's nice and nice and good um, I haven't actually hit up my family yet there's you know, they're tight so I'm gonna have to um, <laughs> hit them up and make sure that they get their moths out dust dust off the wallet and um, put their hands in their pockets. But um, no, everyone's jumped on board. So five grand will be the, five grand will be the target and I'm already at 1300. All right. Good nice luck. One. Sounds like you're going to get there. And your, your Insta handle is just at uh, Jai Arrow, is it? J-A-I-A-R-R-O-W? Yep. Good stuff. Is, Everyone yes. head Thank to uh, at Jai Arrow at Instagram. Uh, get involved in the Leukemia Foundation. Jai, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Sunday Session podcast and I look forward to seeing you back on the field for the Titans hopefully sooner rather than later. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So we will move on to the rest of the uh, the games this weekend. Let's talk about the Knights and the Cowboys, uh, which finished not too long ago as we sit here. Kenny, I, uh, I couldn't call this the match of the round, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Knights uh, did enough in the end. Yeah, what do you say? This was 
like, I don't mean to be, I want to be like rude, but this was just, this was a bad game kept interesting by the fact that neither team could score. That was probably the only thing that, that kept people engaged with it. Like, um, I, I would have thought that the Knights would have walked away from this one quite worried, or if they, like, I feel they should be quite worried because it did, it seemed like their attack was, um, like, like they had no plan. They didn't know what to do. Like whenever they got to, got to the, um, to the advantage line, they sort of stopped and jinked and, just pass it to the next guy. No one really knew what was going on. Then they reverted to like some just you know barging forward runs, and they, and the Cowboys' defense really really held up. But it just seems like, you know, when you got you got um, guys like Ponga and Mitchell Pierce in your team, um, they should have they should have shown a lot more. So I'm not really sure what went wrong there. But um, I think the Knights were going to have to go over the videotape a lot before they um, go into next week because yeah, their attack really let them down here. But the Cowboys' defense was excellent. Their attack was terrible, but their defense was excellent. Especially their online, their goal line defense was um was great. So a positive for them. Yeah, you found more positives in that than I really thought you were going to. So well done for that. We're all about the positives here. Um, yeah, Ponga and Pierce both came up with some big plays. Ponga, obviously, the beautiful pass for the, the match ceiling try. Pierce and early 40-20. I thought uh, Mitch Barnett and David Clemmer in particular really set the tone in the middle. I thought they were both outstanding in what was a, a pretty um, you know, sketchy all-round performance in terms of ball handling. There was a, a couple of minutes period there. I think it was in the second half where... You know, Cowboys on the attack, you know, threw the ball away, conceded a long-range line break to Ponga, and then um, Mitch Dunn got sin-binned at the end of all that, which pretty much put them out of the game. And then in the middle of that, Shibasaki ignored what was roughly a 10-on-1 overlap to, to go up the middle. And uh, there was just, um, you know, error after error. And, yeah, I don't think either coach will be too impressed uh, with that one. But it does pretty much shore up a finals finish for the uh, the Knights. There's a, a four-point buffer from eighth to ninth now. And Knights are uh, above that. So you'd think they're going to return to the finals for actually the first time in a long time. What are they? 19 points. So they're ahead of um, seventh-placed Rabbitohs up in six so good news for, for Knights fans in that respect um, the earlier Sunday game actually quite enjoyed this one as a contest it probably didn't reach any great heights in terms of skill and execution but 20 to 14 the, the Warriors over the Bulldogs what were your thoughts here yeah look I, I don't want to be down on on you know the, the games that Sunday had but this was probably I mean yeah not not the best game either it really went exactly to script right the Bulldogs gave an admirable performance and hung in and lost and the Warriors one like everyone was supposed to, but didn't actually play very well. So like that's exactly what everybody thought would happen. Um, I don't really know what to what to take out of it. Like the the Warriors, uh, Cody Cody Nicarima had an excellent game. I will I will give them that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like there just seems like the Warriors weren't really in it for probably the first fifty, maybe even sixty minutes of the game. Like the, the Bulldogs definitely in the first half. I mean they went in they went up at half time. The Bulldogs had them, but. Um, couldn't convert it into more points than I think they had the chances for. Um, and, I mean, yeah, like, I, I, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't an inspiring match by any means, um, but, you know, it is as expected. Probably a relief for Brisbane fans. They remain a win clear of the Bulldogs, given the um, the state of each team's for and against. If they finish level, then uh, it'll be the Broncos in last. Um Bulldogs, it was probably one of their last two real chances to, to nab one more win before the, the season is out, unless they can really force it a boil over. They do have the, the Titans in a, a couple of weeks at home, which the Titans will have to travel for, which uh, could be interesting for the uh, the wooden spoon race. But uh, as we move on to uh, the Saturday night games and South v Manly, this one um, 
I tipped South, but I did not tip South to be up 38-0 at halftime. What the hell happened to South? And also, what happened to Manly? Like, like even the first eight minutes of, of that game, it looked like Manly were on top. And then look away, and then like another eight minutes, South and suddenly run in three tries, and it's one of them an eight-point try, and it's 20 nil. It's like, what, 38 nil at half time. That's, that's insane. And it's, not be, it's insane for a couple of reasons, because South haven't been playing like that kind of team all like this whole season, right? They've been really, they've been okay, but they definitely have been below their best. And Manly, like I've at least been praising them week after week for, you know, they're low on troops, but they're digging in and they've got these, you know, they've got DCE leading the way and, and, and Jake Pavoyevich, um, you know, putting in really gutsy efforts. So they're not really a team to get flogged by 40 points or so. Um, it was like, it was just crazy, wasn't it? Some of the tries that South got, like the, the Latrell Mitchell, intercept four meters out from it from um the line was just like how does that sort of stuff happen yeah and that was you know it was on a platter really like he, he didn't have to do mm. much for it it was passed <clears throat> straight to him but you know, souths were not exactly at full strength you know dane gagai pulled out um pre-game um and, you know jackson paulo rookie in the back line stephen masters on debut in the back line um you know, Bailey Sirenen starting in the, the forward pack and, um, you know, Kian Kolomatangi doing good things off the bench. Like a lot of really inexperienced players in this lineup, but um, a couple of their big guns in particular were really good. Adam Reynolds just sniping them from yeah, everywhere. We, off we the should tee. probably stop and just, and just take a minute to uh, pay homage to Adam Reynolds' goal kicking because yeah. it's, it's, it's just it was that that night it was on. I think did he get did he get all of all of his conversions? Yeah, um, it was it, nine it, from nine or excellent. ten from ten. Yeah. But then when you see a game like uh, like the Cowboys Knights game that we just watched, where the goal kicking was atrocious and from pretty easy angles compared to what Adam Reynolds was kicking him from last night, it's just amazing. And and if you're a, a team knowing that it's like back in the, the glory days of the Bulldogs when you, when they had um, El Masri kicking them, if you know you're going to score a try and it's almost going almost certainly going to become six points, it must be a great confidence boost. Yeah, and that's, uh, again, just on the uh, the ladder, a, a good result for the Bunnies keeps them two ahead of the Sharks in eighth and sixth ahead of uh, a group of four teams uh, on equal ninth. So pretty much headed for the finals now. Uh, South Sydney, Manly, still no Tom Travojevic, possibly no Tom Travojevic next year, um, next year, next week. I beg your pardon. Um, but yeah, just so far, so much work, I guess, left to do now. Even if they do get Tommy back, they have to win pretty much every game, which is uh, not where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, moving forward to the uh, the previous Saturday game, which was the West Tigers and the Roosters. Why don't I let you take this one away? <laughs> yeah, look, thank you for the platform. Um, again, <laughs> look, look, a really, a really disappointing loss. I, I, I think... Like this was this game was the Tigers to lose because uh, the Tigers are basically at full strength and probably missing Harry Grant's probably the biggest out for them. Otherwise, basically we'll say it at full strength. And the Roosters, you know, it's been spoken about their their injury crisis so much so that they've got Sonny Bill in coming over from Canada, um, coming from the Wolfpack, sorry. And the occasion, like it's at Leichhardt, it's you know season on the line sort of stuff. We're all I've been pretty frank thinking I don't think they can make the finals, but you never know if they go on a run they could. This was the game to sort of stand up and, and, and be counted. And oh, once again, they let themselves down. It was just, it was just, it was hard to watch because at times it was just real simple, basic defensive lapses. Let in that flurry of tries in the first uh, in the first half that set up a twenty nil lead for the for the Roosters, which was 
not really disappointing. There was one point where um, I can't remember who it was, but they ran straight through Benji Marshall um, like he wasn't there. And then the Morris Twins had a night out as well, which, I mean, I love the Morris Twins, so it's good to see them rack up some points, but you know, why did it have to be against the Tigers? Um, there was that real, the period, the first 20 minutes of the, first, of the second half where it went from 20 nil to 2012. That was amazing. That was really exciting. It was high energy. And I was genuinely convinced that they were going to pull off the upset because I just thought, you know, they've clicked. You've got Michael Maguire on the sideline, you know, Tim Sheen style, back to the glory days, right? Leichhardt, let's do it. And it just sort of, it just crumbled again. So, I mean, it's just, it's just frustrating, to be honest. I, I don't know what the Tigers need because um, it's not... It's not, it's not the coach's fault because the Tigers have done performed to this level across numerous different coaches. They've also performed much worse than this. The, the, there's been a, quite a lot of player turnover, so it's not like it's this core group of players always finishing ninth. It's just something. It's like a curse the club is stuck with to, to not be the worst, but just not be quite good enough to be you know, in the top half. Yeah, like you say, I thought the comeback was on. They had all the running early in the second half, scored a couple of tries, and then... Um... Yeah, a couple of things went wrong and Roosters sort of restored that 20-point lead pretty quickly. I, I did enjoy the Morris Twins. We've said on this podcast a few times they should never be allowed to retire. I'd love them both. I just love watching them play. Trent Robinson was glowing in his praise of the, the pair of them um, in the post-game press conference. Sounds like they're both going to hang around next year, which I think is a, um, a fantastic result. But Moving forward to uh, the Titans v Raiders, we won't dwell on it because obviously discussed it already with um, Jai Arrow at the, the top of the podcast, but I guess we've got to at least give uh, some credit to the, the Raiders for a pretty commanding all-round performance. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, I mean, we, were, we spoke about Josh Papali. I think that, that, uh, that rundown on Fogarty in the ankle tap is going to be in highlight reels for a long, long time. Um, probably not at the same level as a Scott Sattler Todd Byrne chase down, but still it's, it's, it's going to get thrown up there because it was that good. Um, but yeah, I thought the, the Raiders did... Uh, it was a pretty comprehensive victory. Um, but uh, the Titans were also quite quite um, solid as well. I think uh, 22-4 at halftime, finishing is 36-16, probably says that the, the Titans um, amped the intensity up a bit more in the second half. Um, but, yeah, the, the Raiders are bubbling on quite nicely and probably at the right time of year as well. And uh, that, again, will update the, the ladder. The Raiders into fifth, equal fourth on points. Um, so a genuine chance of uh, actually finishing in the top four if they can just do better than the Roosters over the run home, which obviously easier said than done. But um, even, you know, having lost Josh Hodgson a while ago, Tom Starling has been playing outstanding, um, coming off the, the bench for them and quite a few of their forwards really laying a, a good platform. So... Um, I think we pretty much all wrote off the, the Raiders when Hodgson went down, but they're um, they're proving that they're not a one-man team. So good stuff for, mm. for Raiders fans there. Brings us through to Friday evening, the uh, the Broncos and the Dragons. Um, quite a few people tipped that the Broncos in an upset here, and uh, looked like they were um, almost going to get there at, at one point. But um, Dragons did enough in the end. I don't know if I'd call it convincing, but um, you know they're they're not going away. The Dragons. Yeah, I'd say the Dragons probably got lucky uh, with this one. I too also thought the Broncos would, would, would get them. I just thought like there comes a, there comes a point where every single team, like you, you're in a real bad spot, you're falling and falling, and eventually, you know, you hit rock bottom and you bounce back. The bounce back might be small, but you bounce back. And I thought this was the bounce back game. I also thought the Dragons would be on a massive come down from their emotional charge um, win last week against, um, against Para. So, um uh, yeah, I think the Broncos, I mean, they, like similar to the, the Cowboys uh, game a couple of weeks ago, they had a lot of the highlights of this game. It didn't come away with the result. Like, I have to call out Katoni Staggs because that solo try that he scored where he seemingly ran through a million people, palmed off everybody and threw the world's best dummy to, to go over the line was 
like rugby league perfection. I would watch that again and again. Definitely going to get a nomination for the Drinkwise Try of the Year, that's for sure. Um, and I mean, yeah, the, the, the Broncos, the Dragons were at what, 12 nil at one point, and the Broncos, you know, dragged the game back. So there's, there's still fight in them. Um, and the Dragons, you know, I wouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves regarding um, the way they're going. I, I think they got lucky with that one. Yeah, I, you're right on Katoni. I think I can't think of a better individual try this year. There's been some remarkable team tries, but for a solo effort, and even at the end, I thought draw and pass was the play, and he just went, I've done all the hard work. I'm going to finish this one <laughs> this off. And mine. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, just a, a stunning piece of athleticism. But, I mean, on the Broncos, there were a few positives I thought to take out of this one. Probably the main one, other than the Stags try, was the the improvement in young Tommy Dearden, the, the number seven. I thought he was really bright, added some, some spark, you know, scored a really nice try that I didn't think he was entitled to score but shrugged off a few and, and darted over and um, doesn't seem to be in any way sort of daunted by um, you know first grade and, and looks a real prospect for the future and given that the players that they're missing from the forward pack you know Haas was suspended and then you know Flegler and Lodge and a lot of players injured I thought um, Pat Carrigan who's probably a leader of the future for them has already um, you know captained the team this year but I thought he was um, really impressive sort of stepping up was it 250 odd meters and almost 50 tackles and 80 minute performance so a couple of good individual performances for them. Yeah I would definitely agree I think uh, yeah the things things have to improve at some point. And like, we always try and look for positives like in the Broncos games, because they've been losing a fair bit. And, and you're right. They, they definitely are. Uh, they, they definitely have them there. Um, it's, I guess the next thing that they need to work out is what's happening with the coach. We won't go into that because, you know, there's been enough said about it, but you're right. There are, there are definitely green shoots uh, for the Broncos and, you know, next year's only what five weeks away for them. So hold on. Hold on, indeed. Um, the earlier Friday game, the Panthers and the Sharks. Uh, Sharks are a, a top eight team presently, but Panthers just an absolute step ahead of everyone else. I think they were just absolutely dominant in this one. Once again, um, forwards great, backs great. You know, Nathan Cleary just on another level at the moment. They were they were commanding. Isn't it amazing what a, a team with talent and confidence can do? Because that's exactly what Penrith are at at the moment. They are just. They seem to be unstoppable, but in this, they've got in in their own in their own way. They've got their own, their own brand of football. Like it's not a Melbourne, it's not a Melbourne like um, you know strangle, and it's and it's not like it doesn't seem to be a clinical like rooster style like when when they're um, at full strength either. It's this very Penrith way of doing things, and it's excellent, and it's so much fun to watch. Towards yeah. the end of that game, it seriously looked like they were like nothing can stop them. Um, and yeah. I, for one, like, I love it. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm dirty because it's coached by Ivan Cleary. But other than that, I am all in on Penrith because they're just so much fun to watch. They play such a great, expansive brand of football, but also with a bit of grunt as well. And they've got players that, that stand up and make you notice that you normally wouldn't have. Like, um, Liam Martin had a... I, I'd never really... Obviously, you know, you know of him because he's a first grader, but you'd never really notice him. But he really stood out last um, uh, on Friday with... I think he's got to try and set up a, and set one up after a, uh, a long run for um, after a long midfield break. So, um, geez, they're doing good things. Yeah, he, uh, he gave poor old Matt Mullen a, a pretty tough evening and he basically said as much in an interview. Um, I read some comments from after the game where the, the coach told him to basically give Matt Moylan a, a tough night and he, he certainly did that. He was he was terrific. But uh, yeah, from one through 17, they were outstanding. Penrith and with Melbourne having lost, you think they've... Um, 
absolutely going to coast to the, the minor premiership. Now three points clear at the top of the ladder, um, which brings us to Melbourne, who went down 14-0 to the Eels at Bankwest on Thursday night. I was at this one and um, sort of lose-lose for the Eels. If they, if they actually lost, then you know, they're terrible and they can't even beat an understrength storm. And if they win, then it was, you know, Storm's 50% reserve grade team anyway. So um, it didn't count for much. But, I mean, what were your thoughts watching it? I mean, on, on Para, I, I thought Parramatta underperformed in this game. Like there was, yeah, they won. That's great. They held Melbourne out, which on paper sounds fantastic. And yes, as to your point, they were never going to get full praise no matter the result because Penrith, because Melbourne were, um, you know, had, had an injury toll. But there was like one point, Say so 23 minutes to go, Parramatta were up 12 nil. The Storm had a player in the Simbin, and like that was that game was theirs. They should have taken that and just you know driven it home and been really dominant. And they only scored two points after that. Like it, there was just something. Yes, they won, and that's great. And it's against Melbourne, and that's always great. Doesn't matter what, but they should have won. I felt in a much more convincing way. I don't think it was a convincing win at all. And a lot of that has to do with the way Melbourne played. Like Melbourne were relentless in attack. Um, like Ryan Pappenhausen, he, he stood up and he was like the linchpin for Melbourne that night, I felt, especially, I mean, Brandon Smith got taken off the field much towards the end, but he played such a key role and he was so energetic. He was in everything. They just couldn't quite get there. Um, and I think it said that that game says more about Melbourne that even missing most of their stars, you, you can't underestimate them than it does about Parramatta. Yeah, they. I thought they were really disappointing with the ball, Parramatta. I thought they defended really well, but just the way they were so frantically pushing passes and being impatient and just not really respecting the footy was a little bit disappointing. Um, Brad Arthur, I was in the press conferences obviously after the game, so I was out there covering it, and he said, we've only really been working on our defence lately. We haven't done a lot of work with the ball because I feel like our defence needed to brush up and it showed, but um, I mean, I'm not you know, in inside an NRL roster. So I don't know how quickly you can sort of fall out of your attacking structures if you're not doing it week to week. But you would think with the, you know, attacking Arsenal, the Eels have that left edge of, you know, Dylan Brown, Sean Lane, Michael Jennings, Mike Acebo. You, you should be finding, you know, more points in given the, the advantages that they have. Um, but I guess the defence was good enough, which is probably the, the key talking point. Both of those teams now level on 24 points. Um, second and third on uh, differential. Should we talk about all these, um, the crushes? Because there were obviously a few through the round and it started on that Thursday night. Um, Eels players getting criticised on social media for trying to pull penalties. Um, I was in the press conference. Brad Arthur did not care for that suggestion one little bit. Uh, Craig Bellamy disagreed with Brad Arthur's uh, assessment and he felt <laughs> that um, Eels players were staying down to, to pull a penalty. And then at the end of all of it, um, Parramatta, the only one who actually got someone charged for a crusher with um, Radha Niakore to, to miss a game, Albert Vede and Cooper Johns both cleared. Well, you can't, like, you can't trust anything a coach says because all a coach wants is a result for their team, right? So um, even, even if Bellamy did think, uh, sorry, even if Brad Arthur did think that his players were laying down for crushers, he's never going to admit that. But I, I don't think, like, players... I don't want to say lay down, but players try to milk penalties left, right, and centre. And so if they think there's an opportunity to milk a penalty because of a crush attack or because that's currently like highlighted in the NRL's zeitgeist, then that's that's what's going to happen. Like a lot of it probably has to do with confirmation bias. Like if you went and, and decided you thought what players were, were lying down um, for, I don't know, you can't lie down for a forward pass, but I don't know, making claims for offside penalties or whatever it was, then you'd be convinced that that was happening a lot. So I don't think, I think it's just one of those things that flares up and in two weeks it will go away like a, a lot of things in, 
in our rugby league talk. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a, I think it's a non-issue. Yeah, I tend to agree. There, there were a few more through the round. Looks like Malaki Fodawaka potentially, um, Paul Vaughan, a few guys um, pinged who, who might be missing some footy because of the, the crusher crackdown. And probably before we uh, wrap up, some unfortunate injuries as well. Brandon Smith in that one looks like missing the rest of the season for the Storm with a, a cracked jaw. Um, could be back for the, the finals, but probably won't play the, the home and away season again. Um, even the Back at the top, we probably should have mentioned in the Knights game, poor old Blake Green was the, the biggest one from the round, suspected ACL injury. Um, mm. That would have had a big in, influence on the Knights' sort of stuttering attack. But shocking news for, for Green, who's 34 or turning 34 and unsigned for uh, next season. It's, uh, it's a shocking blow. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. If that, if that is his last game uh, of professional rugby league, or maybe, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll get picked up in the Super League, but you just think without like a, a, a final... You know, game to really showcase your wares. If, you, if you're in, on the market, it's it's really disappointing because he's been a great player, lots of experience, and there's lots of teams that could pick him up. So I hope he hope he carries on. Yeah, and uh, obviously, if it is an ACL, I haven't seen it confirmed, but it's certainly suspected. Then, um, if he was to find a deal, he wouldn't be able to train through the off season. He wouldn't be back for for round one either. He'd be coming back mid season, which uh, makes it a, a tough prospect uh, mm. in terms of signings. But yeah, quite a few teams doing it. Pretty tough, you know. The the Roosters still missing a few players. The Storm, as we mentioned, minus a heap, although potentially, you know, Smith and Munster starting to to phase back. So, could almost be survival of the the fittest come the finals. And, and Penrith, um, I think even think Happy Coruscant might have gone off with a, a bit of a niggle as well. He's one of their most important Ooh. players. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, be a tough one over the closing rounds. And that brings us up to pretty much time on another Sunday session. Any final thoughts before we depart? Yeah, I I just hope. I think there's a real clear gap between who's going to make the finals and who's not. Like there's still a, you know, there's a little bit of what ifs with the people between what ninth and eleventh, uh, I think. But I just hope these five rounds are high quality and super exciting. So bring it on. Fingers crossed. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us on another Sunday session. Thank you, Kenny, as always. Our thanks to the Titans and Jairo for joining us. Don't forget about his leukemia fundraiser. Head to uh, at Jairo at Instagram to get involved in that one. We'll be back this time next Sunday to wrap up round 16.